Brilliant. Well, it is great to be here today, and I don't know if there's anyone else that's Scottish. Anyone else in the room Scottish? No, I'm the only one, yeah? So if there's a fight between the Scots and the rest, I've lost, yeah. Um, normally being Scottish is, is really fine, live in Nottingham, my wife's from London, my kids are from Yorkshire, and... I'm Scottish. What could go wrong? And basically, there's only a problem every four years. Because every four years, my kids are like, Dad, you've got to support England in the football. And I'm like, oh, I really try. I really try. I'm like, come on. Come on, England. And I'm like... (laughs) And normally, England is so good to me because... They get knocked out in the first round. And it's so kind. But last year, England did amazing. And England got right through to the semi-final of the World Cup. England versus Croatia. And my kids would, come on, Dad, you've got to support England against Croatia. I'm like, So I decided to phone my dad. Now, my dad's a minister in Scotland. He's been a minister there for 40 years. And I says, Dad, are you going to support England against Croatia? And my dad said, son, all of the Scottish churches are singing, I am a new Croatian. And I thought, wow, that does not ooze unity, does it? That is, I am a new Croatian. I am... I don't know if it's the same in your house, but we've been getting loads of parcels, loads of things delivered to us Christmas. And, uh, you know, you get, like, the, the delivery guy. We got a fridge, a fridge delivered last week, a fridge. And uh, the guy said to me when he arrived, he's moving the fridge into the kitchen. He goes, oh, mate, have you got the time? What's the time? I says, oh, it's... Uh, Sometime between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Yeah? (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) I like that some people are going, oh, that is rude. Why has he done that? If you've got a Bible, I'd love you to have a quick glance at this amazing story. Luke chapter 2. And wonderful words. Let's look at it from verse uh, two, you know, let's look, let's look from verse three because there were everyone went to his own town to register. Verse three, verse four says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, today we're going to talk about hope being proclaimed. Hope proclaimed. And incredibly, incredibly in this story, we see that wonderfully hope suddenly appears in this incredibly unexpected place. 
You see, you're going to see a Christmas cards this year and they're going to have the story and they're going to have the manger and they're going to have a, 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 the stable and it's going to look so beautiful. You know, everyone in the stable looks amazing. The animals look like they're worshipping the Lord. You know, everything looks so clean and lovely. But the true story is, this was a stinking, horrible stable. It would have smelled bad. It would not have been sanitized. It would not have been clean. It would have been dirty and grubby. And one of the most powerful things we can hear at this time of year is that hope turns up in the most unlikely place. Hope turns up in the most unlikely place. No one would have thought that God, sovereign, powerful, awesome God, would turn up in a stable. It's like, what is this? God turns up in the most unlikely place. You see, we might think to ourselves that we're ready for church this Christmas. You're going to come to some services and that you might meet God in some of these services. But here am I to say to you today that I really pray that God meets you in the most unlikely places, in the most incredible times. That God meets you in your Christmas festivities. That God meets you when all the relatives are around. Oh, you know, like when all the families in the house, it can be chaos and there can be troubles. My, um, my mother-in-law, she comes most Christmases, she brings this dog. I don't like the dog. I hate the dog. The dog looks at me. I look at the dog. Mm. And it's this little moment of who's going to go first, yeah? I'm definitely going to outlive you, dog. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, we were all watching Christmas TV. And then the dog kind of disappeared for a bit. No one really thought about it. And then what had happened? The dog had gone into my bedroom. My bedroom, my wife, my, my bedroom, yeah? Had gone in, jumped up onto the bed and done a wee on the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we're all watching Christmas telly and my wife gets up to get something from the room. She goes in and she sees this. She comes through, she's like, Mom, the dog, the stupid dog's gone up on the bed and done a wee on the bed. And my mother-in-law looked at her and says, Oh, no, darling. Are you sure it wasn't Mark? <laughs> I mean, I know I'm Scottish, but I know how to use a toilet. Do you know what I'm saying? What is that? And sometimes when a family come round, it can get a little bit fractious. It can get a little bit... There's a lot going on. And it's interesting that God turns up in the most unlikely place. That maybe in amongst your turmoil, maybe amongst the chaos, God would turn up for you. And that there would be a sense in which, wow, God turns up in this incredibly unlikely place. That the presence of God would be there for you this Christmas. That it wouldn't just be about being in church and then being in these amazing services, but it would also be about moments where 
you know, God comes. My wife has got into this. She started to call on God when we're having an argument. My wife and me are arguing. And she goes, maybe we should pray. No. <laughs> no, because I know God's going to agree with you. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like God's not going to agree with me. I know I'm wrong, but I'm fighting this. Yeah. And it's like, wow, allowing God into every single part of our lives. Allowing God into every room, every single place. You know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever done that thing where, you know, there's some drawers in your house that you open up and then you shut them really quick, yeah? Don't look in that drawer, yeah? Or maybe you've got a cupboard that's... And it's like, when it comes to our lives, it's like we want God just to be part of that Sunday best. We want God just to be part of that Sunday service. But God wants to be part of every single part of our life. He wants to be part of what you look at late at night. Oh, real talk. He wants to be part of what you're talking about in amongst your argument, in amongst the hostility of what's going on in our lives. God wants to be part of that. In the 1950s, it was a real thing where, you know, lots and lots of people in Britain would have a front room that was called the guest room. And no one would go in the guest room unless you were a guest. Children were not allowed in the guest room. I want that in my house. Downstairs, no children, downstairs. That is awesome. And these rooms, they would have crockery that would be in the guest room that no one could ever use these cups and saucers unless the guests came. Some of you are looking at me saying, we still do that. Yeah, we have that in our house. And it's like, incredible to think that you know the guest that room never gets used there's nothing else goes on in there it's just like all oh, the the people are here let's get them in but don't let them see the back kitchen let them see the front guest room yeah and i want to suggest that sometimes when it comes to god that's how we approach we do sunday church we do the best suit we come and we're like wow I mean, I don't know. I know you guys are all lovely people, so this never happens to you. But we have people back in my church in Nottingham. You know, they turn up. They're like screaming, fighting, arguing on their way to church. Kids are going crazy in the back. Mom and dad are arguing. And they get into the car park and the pastor's there. And they're like, oh, pastor. (laughs) It is a privilege to worship with you today. You know, the truth is that God is not a guest that we just have in the nice parts of our life. God is not just for a Sunday morning. God is not just for the bits that we like and we've got tidy. God wants to be part of every single area of our life. He wants to be part of the difficult stuff. He wants to be part of the stuff that's like troublesome. He wants to be part of everything. God turns up in the most unlikely place. Hope turns up in the most unlikely place. I want to say thanks to you, church, because we were hearing a couple of minutes ago about generosity. But I don't know if you know this and whether Pastor Mark shared this with you, but you guys helped me out last summer. See, um, when I was 16, 
as a young lad living in a place called Musselburgh, just on the outskirts of Edinburgh. And I used to go up to the Edinburgh Fringe every summer and I would hear comedians ripping Christianity apart, ripping Jesus' name to shreds. There they would be on the stage doing all the comedy and ripping the name of the Lord into pieces. And I remember as a young 16-year-old lad looking at that and saying, one day I will be on that stage and I will lift up the name of Jesus. I will lift up the name of Jesus. And for the last, for the last four years, we've had the chance to, there I am, right in the bullseye of the Edinburgh Fringe, a show that goes out. I do all the comedy. We have a lot of fun. But there we are. And we kind of talk about Jesus dying on the cross. And last year, you guys at this church helped us financially make that happen. And I really like appreciate that. You see, my passion is I want to take hope. I want to take hope to the most unlikely place. If Jesus was alive now, he would not be doing a tour of all the churches. He would be speaking in the most unlikely place. He would be at the comedy festivals. He would be in the bars. He would be in the pubs. He would be speaking the truth. I um, Last year, I got two emails on the same day asking me for the same Sunday. They both wanted a certain Sunday. One of them was a lovely church in Burgess Hill where they look after me really well. There's a lovely little side room. They come in and say, Pastor, is there anything we can get you? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, lovely. And then there was another email. And this was an email from a pub in East Belfast. And this pub in East Belfast said, we want you to come, do some comedy. But we want you to preach the name of Jesus in our pub. But you need to know that when you start talking about Jesus, there's a very good chance that someone will headbutt you in the face. You know when you're reading an email, you're like, that is not appealing. Do you know what I'm saying? They have not written this well. And so I'm thinking and I'm praying. I'm thinking, "Mm," and I'm thinking, do you know what? I feel, I feel a leaning towards the church. Do you know what I mean? I feel a leaning towards that lovely Burgess Hill Church. Yes, I would like another cup of tea. I like the sound of that. So I told my assistant, Kieran, I said, Kieran, just email Burgess Hill, that's good. And then I'm driving around all day, and God's speaking to me. And God's saying, Mark, come on, preach in the unlikely place. Go to the place that is least expected. Take hope to the place where no one would imagine that hope would appear. And God's saying, go to the pub in Ireland. And I say, You go to the pub in Ireland. (laughs) And I'm all day, I'm like, ah. And then I get back to the office at four o'clock and I said to Kieran, have you sent that email yet? And he said, no. And I says, oh man, we've got to go to the pub in Ireland. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. God's telling me I've got to go. And I go and it's like, rough pub. It's rough pub. They give you feedback but not on a form yeah they give you immediate feedback 
And I'm doing like the humor and the comedy and it's going good. And then I start to talk about Jesus. And when I start talking about Jesus, loads of people get up and go to the toilet. I'm thinking, wow, Billy Graham used to get them to come to the front, yeah? I get them to go to the toilet. It's a special anointing I've got. And we went for it and I talked about the cross and I talked about Jesus. And in that pub, we had a couple of sacred moments and we had some great conversations after. You see, the truth is this, is that hope turns up in the most unlikely place. God wants to turn up in the least expected place. And recently, I uh, have been doing lots and lots of shows. I've been doing lots of stuff in theaters and clubs and in pubs. And I just wanted to say I'm feeling the pressure of being in situations where 80% of the room is not Christian. And today, I brought some prayer cards with me. I've got them on the front row. And maybe there are some people that would say, do you know what, Mark? I send a little prayer email out every Thursday. It's really short. Tells you where I am, what I'm doing. Please pray. Maybe some of you today would be like, I'm going to grab that card. I'm going to sign up to be on his prayer email. And you can get it and just pray for me as I'm getting these great opportunities. Because hope turns up in the most unlikely place. You see, I love this because, you know, the Bible says it like, you know, hope, it turns our chaos into peace. I love the thought that these shepherds, they came through Bethlehem. It's chaos in Bethlehem. It's full. Oh, so many people. It's so noisy. So many distractions. And then they come into the stable and they shut the door and they can hear. The heartbeat of God. The little baby. That tiny little heartbeat. Wow. All of the chaos, all of this stuff going on. The door is shut. Wow. He is here. It is well. He is here. It is well. See, I'm speaking to some people today, and I feel that some of us, we come into this room and there's a lot of chaos around our life. Maybe there's people that are financial chaos, and Christmas just exaggerates our desperation, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. Maybe relationships that I'm speaking from my soul. Maybe there's someone in the room, and you've got broken relationships. You've, you've got all kinds of chaos going on in your life. And you're here now. You're in this room. He is here. It is Someone in the room and your health has been savaged and ravaged by some kind of illness. And there's all kinds of things coming and warring against your body. And you're in this room right now. And God's presence is here. Oh, he is here. It is well. It is well. I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel it for t- right now. I feel it right now in the second service is that there are 
somebody and you ravage through the night. You cannot get to sleep. You're mind is wearing, you've got all kinds of turmoil going on in your head and you're struggling through the night and you've got anxiety and you've got pressure and you've got struggle going on, it's all happening and you come through this stable door and you come in here he is here it is well it is well the steady heartbeat of God. Hope turns our chaos into peace. Hope turns our chaos into peace. And then thirdly and finally, I wanted to speak to you and say that hope, oh, hope turns the world upside down. Hope turns the world upside down. You see, when that little baby Jesus was born, it was like, wow, you know, maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe this is a revolutionary leader that is going to overthrow the government. And finally, the people cry, finally, we've got our man that's going to lead us into freedom. And it's like, oh, this military leader. But no, Jesus was not a military leader. He was not the revolutionary leader they were thinking he was. He was a man who carried the power of love and who died on a cross. He turns the world upside down. Hope turns the world upside down. It's like there should be no hope for some of your situation, but here you are, you're here now, and suddenly you realize that hope turns the world upside down. And this baby Jesus has been born. I don't know, you surely are like me. You must have been given a present in your life. I get it, my kids do this to me. They buy me Christmas presents and I open them. And I'm like, wow, what is it? Yeah, what actually is it? I don't even know what it does. You know what I'm saying? Plug it in and what happens? I've no idea. And you know... The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that God gave us Jesus, but wow, God, what, what is it? How does it work? I don't even know how this works. How can Jesus make any difference to me living in 2019? We've had an election. We've now got a Tory government with a majority. We've got Brexit going on. Whoa, how does this gift called Jesus even work? See, God gave Jesus because God saw that there was distance between us and him. There was distance. And God gave Jesus who grew up to become a man who died on a cross. And that cross, as he died on that cross, that is like a drawbridge falling down over the moat. See, I want you to see that sin, the garbage, the mess of our life is this stuff that gets in the way. We cannot get to God because we've messed up and we've screwed up and it's called sin. And that's not the end of the story because God sent Jesus to come as a bridge that we could come through the bridge 
into the arms of God. He gave us the gift of Jesus the bridge. I don't know if anyone else has seen this. But there's a TV show that my daughter has really made me watch. And she really forces me to watch it. And she really, really determines in our house that it's on. And sometimes I watch it when she's not in as well. And it's called, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And I'm addicted to it. And I've been watching it. And I can only apologize. But, you know, some of you will know that this show where these Z-list celebs are thrown into the kind of uh, jungle and there they are trying to do these little kind of challenges and they're far from home. And any of you that know the show will know that at the end there's this moment where, like, they come over a bridge and their loved one is waiting for them. The loved one's pacing around looking for them and they come, they've been far off, but now they're home. And you know, God, he sent Jesus as a bridge. We've been distant from God. We've been far off from God. But now we're able to come through the bridge called Jesus. And oh friend, I don't know what image you've got of God. I don't know if you think God's far away. I don't know if you think God's an angry being in the sky. But the Bible paints a picture of a father who's longing to see his child come over the bridge. He's longing to see you come. And he just wants to embrace you. He's longing to see you. I don't know if the musicians can come and help us for a minute. But while we're in the presence of God. I want to give us an opportunity. I want to give us an opportunity. That we would. Maybe today you know you've drifted from God. Maybe today you know that there's some distance come between you and God. And what I'm going to do is in one moment, I'm, I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask that you would pray that prayer after me. Don't say it out loud so people can hear, but pray in your heart today. And as you pray that prayer quietly in your heart, God's going to hear that. And I'm just going to say, Amen. I'm going to ask us to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And, and what I'm going to do is this. is Whether our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm going to ask you that you put your hand up. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. And as you put your hand up today, every head's going to be bowed. Somebody from the team is just going to come and we want to give you some stuff. They'll put it into your hand. We want you to take that, put it under your chair. That's for you. But God, he is not distant in this moment. God is not far off. But God is longing and looking to see you come over that bridge. He's longing for you to come through Jesus Christ, the bridge, into the arms of himself. I wonder if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. Hope turns the world upside down. And every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Why don't you pray this prayer in your heart right now? Father God, thank you that you sent Jesus. 
that Jesus came as a bridge. I'm sorry about my stuff. I'm sorry about being far off. And I come through Jesus now into your arms in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every head stays bowed and every eye is closed. I'm going to count to three and if you pray that prayer, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand and we'll get that stuff to you straight away. One, two, three. That's it. Just keep your hand up there. That's fantastic. The team are going to come as quick as they can. People all over the room with their hands up. That is absolutely wonderful. That is so fantastic. The team are doing a great job. Let's just stay in the presence of God. Well, we're just so happy as people around the room are responding in the name of the Lord. Some people here. Let's just stay in God's presence for a moment. That's fantastic. It's just like somebody there. Is there somebody there? That is so good. Just so good. There's a lady at the back there. That's really great team. Fantastic. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we're running out of stuff because people are responding to you. Thank you for your goodness and your hope and your life. Thank you that we come through the bridge. Oh, church, we're in the presence of God and I'm going to be handing back to the leaders in two minutes. But I feel so passionate about this moment that I believe that there are Christians and seekers who are, who are still saying, do you know what? Mark, when you talked about that thing about coming through Bethlehem, the, the, the noisy stable, when you talked about that and you talked about sickness savaging somebody's body or you talked about emotional or relationship chaos and coming into the presence and hearing the heartbeat. Mark, when you talked about, oh, he is here, it is well. Well, you know, I've got a prayer of faith inside of me, church. So I'm going to count again to three. If you're a Christian or if you're somebody who's responding in your heart to any of those things, maybe anxiety, maybe some struggles in mental health, maybe some struggles with finance, maybe some struggles with relationships, whatever it was that you felt, then on three I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray a prayer because I'm going to believe that in the presence of God right now, He is here. It is well. One, two, three. Just stand where you are if that's you. That's fantastic. That's amazing. There's people responding to God right now. Hallelujah. 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 Holy God. And Father, Father, we come. We come through our chaos. We come through our turmoil. We come through our relationship struggles. We come through our financial challenges. We come through all kinds of stuff. And we come into the presence of God right now. And as we stand before you now, God, we declare over our lives and over this place that you are here.
as well. You are here and as well. And as well. And as well. Jesus' name, and as well. Jesus.